Certification 101 podcast, a series of episodes where we talk about certification, what it is, who does it, and get into the details on certification best practices. Today on the show, we're going to start with the basics of certification by defining it, where did it come from, who can get it, who governs it, and why would anyone want it. Stay tuned. Welcome back to episode two. Excited to have you here, and hopefully you listened to episode one so you know what we're about. So we're starting this journey on talking about certification, and I think the best place to start is to go with the basic definition of what certification is. So certification is an attestation that something, someone, some process, or really anything meets a certain established criteria. You can certify yourself, or far more likely, someone else or some outside body is stating you, your company, or your products meet an established standard. You can imagine all the various ways this could be used or potentially abused, and we'll cover that in later episodes. But for now, that's the basic definition. Someone says someone, something, or some process meets a certain standard. That's certification. So where did this come from? Well, let's start with some history. To find where certification began officially is a little difficult. I really don't know. Maybe with enough research I could figure it out, but this is a podcast, not a book. So for the purposes of this, I did some light research. Each industry has their own history of certification and how it came about. In fact, that may be an interesting podcast just on its own. But from what I could find, the first really established certifications were the guilds in the Middle Ages. The guilds were a collection of professionals who controlled access to a certain piece of technology or process. Think of stonemasons, probably being the most common, but glass workers, brick makers, wine producers, etc. All those professions. If you use someone from a guild, you expected to receive top quality work, and therefore you were charged a premium for that. That's the guild's perspective, or more specifically, the perspective of their members. It kept business coming to them by making it so they were the best game in town, or more often than not, the only game in town. But it also ensured they kept the product to a certain minimum standard. So it was supposed to be a win-win. The customer got better quality work, and the guild members got somewhat guaranteed business. There are likely examples going back far longer in human history. I would imagine there was something similar when the pyramids were built. Some pharaoh probably said he needed the best pyramid builders, and some experts signed off on all the various tasks that had to be done. And that's a form of certification. So certifying something or a process has always been a part of our history, and likely always will be. In more modern times, certification has become much more established and is mostly used to certify people, professional certification. But certainly you can pretty much get anything or anyone certified as long as you have or make an established standard that enough people or buyers or customers are willing to accept as being a prerequisite for doing business. And that's really the key. Your certification needs to be used to satisfy someone or something. It can't just be something you say. There has to be a need for the certification to be useful. So certifications can be done three ways. There's first-party certification. And this is where you certify yourself or your organization certifies itself. Generally not super useful, but if you can't find someone else to do it, it may be the only option. 
Another way of putting this is you are compliant to a certain standard. And some companies will do this as a way to avoid the certification process. So compliance is generally just the same as saying first party certification. The second way is second party certification. And this is where a trade group or an association you're a part of says you meet a certain standard. And the third way is third party certification. And this is where an independent organization attests to your compliance to a certain standard. It can get tricky when an association, who typically does second party certifications, has a certification body in it, like I did at a previous company. We can call that third party certification, even though it's being done by a trade association, because it has to be operated completely independent from the trade association. So as long as there are separate reporting structures, separate financials, separate contact databases, even separate legal entities typically, then a trade association can create its own third-party arm within this portfolio. So those are the three certifications that are options. The first, you certify yourself. The second, a trade group or association certifies you. And the third, some other organization certifies you. So now that we know the types, how does one create the standard that you use to be certified to? Because remember, we're always being certified to meet a certain set of criteria or a standard. So someone needs to write these standards using the best practices at the time. Those standards need to be maintained over time using industry and user input. And those standards need to have minimum criteria established so it separates those that meet the standard with those that don't. In my own history of working at certification bodies, I know certifications can be established by a set of industry leaders who recognize that bad actors may give the industry a black eye. Bad actors can expose others to liability or drive up insurance costs because customers fear everyone, or a bad industry reputation may drive customers to seek an alternative technology that meets their needs. Whatever the reason, certification can be used to drive improvement in the industry by creating a floor that everyone needs to meet to be able to compete. It can also, actually in a roundabout way, prevent new actors from entering the market. And we'll get into cost structures later, but certification is expensive. So if the initial certification costs are really high and certification is needed in an industry, it can deter any new competition from entering. So sometimes the industry leaders have an ulterior motive for wanting certifications. It basically prevents new competition. But back to standard creation. In order to create a standard, typically an industry will gather its professionals into a group, and that group will agree to a set of rules by which they are governed. They may elect a chair, create committees, etc. Most of the time this is done through industry trade associations, so the association will provide the admin help, and the industry will provide the technical expertise. The standard is written, reviewed, goes out for public comment, and once finalized, it is published for all to use. After that, typically anyone can use that standard, although sometimes you have to pay a licensing fee to the body that wrote it. Different certification bodies can then take those standards and start conducting certifications. Now over time, obviously the standard will become out of date. New technology comes along, or maybe it's too easy or too hard to meet the criteria established, so it needs to change. So regularly, the group will come together and recommend changes. It's re-voted on and then republished. Once published, there's usually a period of time for implementation and then the process keeps repeating. So that's how a standard is written. But who really governs this? It may seem like this is just industry leaders making up rules for themselves, and in a way it is. Generally, it's self-governed. It's industry-governed. It's a buyer demanding it or a job requirement that a business establishes. Governments usually won't get involved in certification, although it can occur. 
More normally, compliance to government regulations is verified by the government themselves. So think about the USDA, where inspectors go around and verify compliance for meat producers. Those same producers can have certifications, and many of them do, but it does not replace a USDA compliance visit. So those companies, they have certifications, but they also have a government visit later. Many other government sectors are very similar. So government bids or job postings may have certification requirements, but that's not the same as requiring all members of a market to have a certification. That doesn't really exist, at least not in the U.S. So mostly, governments stay out of certifications as a general rule, and instead it's the industry itself that makes and governs the standards. So when there's a need, someone creates a standard, and then someone else starts certifying to it. If the market demands it, the standard will become accepted. If not, then it falls away and is unused. I probably can't really prove this, but there's probably more unused standards out there than used ones in the world as a whole. So overall, this is a fairly free market-driven process. So why would anyone want this? It sounds very complicated. Well, there's three basic reasons. The first one is a basic business reason. It's a job or customer requirement. And this is likely the most common reason. You actually get forced into taking the certification or getting the certification. You need it to gain access to markets or for professionals to be able to get a job. So it's a requirement. The second is the more altruistic reason. You just want to improve the quality of your business or yourself. That may be another reason you want to get it. And the third reason is actually a sales and marketing tool. You want to separate yourself from the competition. So it may not be a requirement, but you feel like you can use it to advance your sales process. So you may have a combination of any or all of these reasons, but these are likely the main ones. It's a requirement. Second one, you want to improve yourself or your business. Or third one, it's just a sales tool. So it can be a balancing act to make sure that the cost is worth the advantage. And that can be difficult to figure out but certifications have been around for a while, and they will likely continue to be. So that brings you up to speed on the history of certifications, how it was created, who governs it, and the basic reasons of why someone would want it. Thanks for listening to the Certification 101 podcast. I've been your host, Tom Spoden, and I'm looking forward to talking with you in the future. Stay tuned for our next episode, where we're going to talk about accreditation and what that means and how it relates to certification. Take care.